and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. I'm Abraham Whistler. And oh I no, got a, Whistler! And I, got, and I got a question for you, you sly and son of a bitch. Do you want to explain how Nomac got a hold of this podcast? <laughs> How'd Nomac get a hold of this here podcast? I'm Patrick Remyon. Just that was a, a goof, a goof of a goof of the the words, a goof of sound. Yes, yes indeed. Welcome to the Academy, folks. We got a hot one today. We got our first, uh, second ever after Godfather one and two. Uh, another set of films very similarly compared to Godfather one and two. Yeah. Uh, we're talking Blade and Blade two today in the Snipes. Uh, this is another side of Snipes, correct? Yeah, this is a, oh, another, wait, yeah, this is another side of Snipes, yes. And arguably uh, the Blade series, his most um, successful and uh, kind of popular and yeah. endearing character. But uh, his performance, we don't know. Uh, this week we've brought in, a we attempted the unthinkable and mm. to have a five-person weave here to discuss these films. But uh, you know how. Living here in Holly, weird. Hard to get these schedules. Yep. Hard to get these schedules aligned. But we got two members of the esteemed "Everything Is Scary" podcast to help us through uh, the world of daywalkers and vampires and um, serum mixers. <laughs> um, we have Jen Saunderson returning once again in the Wesley Snipe season, and uh, back again, returning champion Kyle Clark. Hey, welcome, welcome back to the Academy. This is really a tribute to how difficult the old scary game is to get together. Uh, you live with one third of them. Yeah. <laughs> we still, and we were still <laughs> unable to get that captured down. Yeah. I thought and, we were holding our baby. And this record date is, uh, you know, not like a far off thing. Like we had time to prep this and we're still like, not us. Not everything is scary. You can't catch us. We're the ginger dead man. <laughs> Oh no, not full moon. <laughs> Your voice by Gary Busey. I keep thinking we've done that, but then I remember it's we watched Evil Bong and the ginger dead man has a cameo. It's just so like... I, I admit I watched Evil Bong with Jen. Um yes. in preparation for your episode and i went down a wikipedia rabbit hole of deciphering the mythological <laughs> lore of the evil bong universe we tried to watch evil bong five uh <laughs> or maybe it was six uh taylor and i because she was of course curious because of the arresting title and i was like let's just jump both feet into the series uh, <laughs> the film we were watching was uh, a brisk 65 minutes long oh uh, but we checked out at about minute <laughs> 20 because it it started <laughs> strong and then was like well what if we just slow down and just do sort of a joe pesci and lethal weapon sort of run of transphobia jokes and we're like come on man you were doing well why oh, did no. you put this scene in i feel oh. like those type of movies <laughs> you only had 65 minutes you didn't read it <laughs> why was this the thing that like you realized were like we got to pad it out here's an idea yeah what if we do the worst idea Yikes! Uh, I feel like, <laughs> and it's it's not like it's it's all that kind of like just hacky two thousands like kind of stuff. But you're oh, just like, ah, like, oh, I don't want to ride through this now. So it was yeah. a real like yeah. evil bong takes a turn and like <laughs> it's like not all the, in the way really you think. evil. All, really, all, yeah. 
Oh, the you find out Evil Bong isn't vaccinated. It's just yeah. like <laughs> yeah. Evil oh, Bong's a sure. proud boy. Yeah, Evil <laughs> Bong is a proud boy. Uh, Evil Bong on Gavin McGinnis's podcast. I mean, Evil Bong is is actually being prosecuted for for January sixth. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, evil bong was one of the ones that stopped in that hallway and just looked at the statues and went what do we do now but only because evil bong was so high it's running for senator in arizona his <laughs> platform is that he's an evil bong that invaded the capitol he's up by 30 points it's huge. Yeah. Sheriff, he's got Sheriff Joe's endorsement. <laughs> On January 6th, where was your current senator? And then just cut to footage of the evil bong smashing things. Uh, oh my goodness. Wow. This what is a, a Blade episode. Yeah, I Blade. All right. So we're talking Blade 1 and 2 we're with, our, with our friends from Everything is Scary. Uh, before we dive in, though, we've, we've, we heard it from Jen. On the two Wong Fu Dolomite episode, but Kyle, we gotta know That's what is your yeah? It was tough. It was really tough. It's a hard one. Yeah, two good movies. Mm-hmm. Gotta gotta always side with Noxima Jackson. So good I'm philosophy. A, I'm a little younger, and so honestly, my first real heavy Wesley Snipes thing is Blade, because before that, it's mostly R-rated comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, your two Wong Fu, white men can't jump, you know, major leagues, all the things that I would like go back to and get into later, all kind of like, so I never knew Wesley Snipes as like a funny guy outside of one very specific oh. moment. Well, Blade 2, Blade 2 and 3, it's a different character and we'll get into it in a minute. <laughs> uh, but the first movie, he has like the one moment where they shoot him and he goes into his character from like white man can't jump and yells at like the cops or whatever. And then like never does that again the rest of the movie. And it was, it was like, it was like, was this like day two and you're just throwing out? He's like, can I do some of this? No, no, we're playing a different game. I got a sword now. Yeah. <laughs> Serious uh, martial arts man. And beyond that, so like a ton of it's that, but like, you know, spoiler, like the Blade franchise is real big for me. It's one of my favorite franchises of all time. Oh, nice. It involves killing vampires and killing vampires with samurai swords, which (laughs) I don't know what you guys think is cool, but for me, it's that. Uh, (laughs) And so, so it's, it's very, very much tied to that. And then kind of, I, and then one other insane thing that is really anytime Wesley Snipes is brought up is the first thing I think of. And it's just a, a weird moment. I was at uh, the Bonnaroo Music Festival in Tennessee, <laughs> and I had just finished watching the Beastie Boys perform. Uh, and it was one of their last shows. It was wild. One of the best shows I've ever been to. And that festival runs very late. So after like the headline of the Beastie Boys plays, all these side stages go and they have like music that just plays all night. So at one in the morning, you go to your next concert. My brother and I are walking to another stage where Nine Inch Nails is going to play. Again, great wow. festival. Wonderful. But as we're walking between, it's a most of the crowd is doing the same movement we are. So you're just sort of like trek into the same place so you can go watch the next thing. But we pass this, and there's a lot of drugs in this festival, a lot of hallucinogens, a lot of, of you know, the, the, the marijuana and the things like that. So you hear a lot of funny things as you pass people when they're on hallucinogens because that's part of the fun. Well, 
we walk past one girl who is standing like above the crowd with her arms in sort of a Christ pose Ooh. and her face turned to the, 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 the Tennessee night sky full of stars. Cause you're on this farmland in the middle of nowhere. And she screams at the top of her lungs, Wesley Snipes. Are you there? I can feel you. <laughs> and that is what I think when people say Wesley Snipes, is this just fucking tripping balls, hippie girl. Just Christing to alien God, Wesley Snipes, that she is stealing his infinite power. You know what? She's right. I love the way that story ended. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Uh, <laughs> this might be your best. Very, when, very, just when I saw the bracket, story. I was like, "Cool, I got one thing if I get to come to this one." Uh, you start in the water dance and are my savior. <laughs> God, it was just she will, she will, she just lives in my brain. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, Absolutely amazing. I thought with the Christ pose that she was like going to launch to like one of Deacon Frost's monologues. No, as he's like but blood then, is coming down. I was like, that's so a deeper cut. I know we're supposed to be celebrating Wesley Snipes in this, but for five seconds, let's go ahead and talk about how each one of these movies has one villain character or one or two villain characters who are really just tearing shit up and making the movie better than it should be. Cause like Absolutely. he's good. This movie's exciting in the first one. If fucking Steven Dorff isn't giving one of the best performances of the nineties <laughs> as Deacon fucking Frost, a man who has, he's an evil vampire who's going to take over the world, who has an apartment with an indoor waterfall full of ducks while he plays the sneaker pimps. <laughs> now, he is my winner for best performance in this film. For many years, my yardstick was that Deacon Frost is the coolest character in a movie ever. I have changed my opinion since then. I will say it was cool for him to bring this character back for those blue e-cigarette ads a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. I love Steven Dorff. He is so clearly playing his role where he just goes, we're all adults here. Vampire adults who love nicotine. Worked for me. So who, who would you consider to be the upper echelon of cool now? Because you said it's changed. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I have an answer. I will tell it off mic because it is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm trying to well, let I me know think of so it. many stories. Uh, <laughs> it can't be that embarrassing. Who's the default <laughs> coolest person when I think of like cool now? There's like a lot, there's always like people where I'm just like, Oh, the guy from uh, Fear the Walking Dead, you've always mentioned his shoes and everything, and he's oh, yeah, cool. Coleman Domingo is cool. Yeah, he seems I, like a very cool guy. He's a very cool yeah. guy. Like, yes, Coleman Domingo is very much a, a I would use as an archetype of cool. Very cool guy. Velvet shoes. Uh used to be in a sketch group where he played Maya Angelou. Just like a lot of <laughs> good stuff. Look it up, everybody. Sketch shows on logo were real. Go back and look at logo's old programming. It's all bananas and I miss it. He uh, um he brought such a I mean, I I'm not a huge Walking Dead guy, but um when he showed up on Fear of the Walking Dead, he he really elevated that show. And there's good actors does. on that show, but he really elevated it. It's the that's kind of the wild thing about that show is it's it's much slower moving, but just has a lot. It's just like how many character actors can we put in this zombie scene? 
Yeah, I saw like Garrett Dillahunt's on there now. Oh, yeah. and, you know, but the Dayton Cali was on it for a little bit. Uh-huh. It's, Undisputed it's, Dayton's un- Cali. Un- uh, uh, obviously being Rames trainer from Undisputed. And what's his know. face? Uh uh the the Max Hedrum's in it for like a season. Oh, yeah. Ooh! <laughs> Matt Frewer. Yeah, Matt Fewer's the villain for a while. Like you uh, just get so much weird shit. Uh that's... back to I'll I'll bring it back to Blade though here. There uh, is another I'll, I'll supporting actor. Kyle's a pro. Yes, second <laughs> second supporting actor who, to me, not only really is the the delicious final ingredient that makes this thing that is full of love truly delicious, and that is Donald Logue. Absolutely, a man who was like, "Hey, are you unsure about your movie? That's a horror action movie for a low budget. Why don't you toss a little Donald Logue in there?" Uh, it's coming from experience of someone who just recently bought their Blu-ray copy of Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which Donald <laughs> Logue is just scoring bucket after bucket in. So apparently, like, when they, were, when, when they were casting a Blade, like, Donald Logue, he got his friend to give him, like, braids like Snoop Dogg, and he came in with that and a cowboy hat to the casting. Everyone else was coming in in, like, you know, white-collar suits and stuff like that. And Stephen Norrington just, like, looked it's at him and genius. was like, you're, you're my guy. You're yeah. my Quinn. And it was and like done. They gave him the best line ever, which is, of course, I'm going to be a naughty vampire god. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, something that is fuck a- me. Every once in a while, this movie is just like, we're going to periodically do the best thing you've ever seen and then sort of dip and then go back up. It's a wild ride. <laughs> I, I kind of wish that the second one had this level of silliness yeah. like a little bit uh, more I'm we'll give, get to that in a moment here, i'm gonna give but... one more thought about the first one uh and uh and jen jump in at any time if you feel like throwing out thoughts I mean, uh, but yeah. but here i'll get the last one and then i'll back up is the opening sequence is one of my favorite sequences in any movie of all ever like it's one of my like the the whole blood shooting from the thing up to him fighting that that whole sequence i am just like this is this is movies may never get cooler than this in sixth grade kyle's brain <laughs> it's, re- it's really impressive i mean considering the second one is directed by Guillermo del toro that sequence is really impressive and it's really has a lot of it, it visceral impact with the the shower of blood and that kind of stuff it's, it's really well the yeah, song they use is perfect because it's like you know apex of techno crystal method wall to wall but like it's also <laughs> kind of menacing and it's got mm-hmm. that sort of low register that sort of just builds that tension to it it's man what a great scene yeah terrific scene we should get to the stats real quick here before we dive in because everyone needs to know the stats uh blade released in 1998 directed by stephen norrington written by david s goyer some would say the architect of the blade series mm-hmm. um along with wesley snipes of course co-starring stephen dorff uh the great chris christopherson nabushe wright donna loge uh tracy lords is in the mix mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know it's it's a very Udo very Kier. Uduk here, yeah. of course, yes. Uh, you were turned. Uh, budget of forty-five million, made one hundred and thirty-one point two million at the box office. This so. got the rest of them made. Tidy this success. Movie causes superhero movies. Yes, it kind of does. <laughs> um, uh, it has a fifty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Bullshit. Uh, size consensus states it's a low eighty. Some sure. may find the plot a bit lacking. Blade's action is fierce, plentiful, and appropriately stylish for a comic book adaptation. Uh, Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Um, and it was uh, no, uh, no, no, no nominations, really, of any, of any <laughs> Except level. Except for Deacon Frost for coolest guy. 
coolest guy yeah but they give that away at the technical oscars because they don't want to make everybody insecure i know you know everyone was everyone knew that was steven dorse year it was steven dorse time yeah. really if you think about it and in the same vein of you know when gary oldman won a few years ago or you know mm-hmm. will smith this year will smith this year you know they've put in their he put in his dues as a cool guy i'm yeah. glad that i'm glad that chris christopherson won for most craggles though yeah he did yeah. Most Craggles, uh, best uh, sidekick of a certain age. Here's a real on-brand <laughs> thing I'm about to say. So me and my girlfriend were watching Convoy the other night. <laughs> and uh, and we were discussing the handsomeness of Chris Christopherson and how it doesn't really change, and yet it constantly changes. It's just variations on Craggle, but each one more Craggle-licious than the last. He's like the ultimate 70s guy who walks into like like i saw this uh bloom and gould well yes i saw um (laughs) paul mazursky's film bloom and love uh george siegel loses his wife because he cheats on her because he's an awful person but she goes and turns to chris christopherson and george siegel's like i'm gonna talk it over with chris and george walks George walks up to Chris Christopherson and is like, I don't think I've got a sh- much of a shot here of getting my no, own. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I made, Chris I made, a, I made her a serum. Gun. She can walk Your around. Serum. <laughs> Everybody has to say serum without feeling like an asshole. <laughs> Chris Christopherson ran or walk so that Sam Elliott could run. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Man. True words. Never spoken. He's one of the most interesting people that he... He's a Rhodes Scholar. He's an all-time Hall of Fame level country yeah. singer-songwriter. He's one of the fucking highwaymen. He's one of the highwaymen. He's a decorated soldier during the Vietnam War. And he dabbled in acting. Don't forget that yeah. he also dated Barbara Streisand. Yeah, yeah. And he had t- yeah, and Janice Joplin. Yeah. <laughs> Not he, just part of the highwaymen. People don't know. He's also part of the Baja men. Whoa, that's right. He <laughs> let the dogs out. Well, he was, was ori- he was originally in the group, but he wanted to answer the question. Now people and deserve people to know. Deserve to know. <laughs> <laughs> who, who in the who in, who in the Sam Hill let the dogs out? Gonna sing the try to tell me where we're gonna leave that open ended. I definitely it took me a good solid second to connect Baja man. I was like, oh shit, Jen has thrown down a gauntlet. Like I may I may fall at her feet in a moment here. <laughs> And my brain literally went arf, arf, arf. And I was like, oh, thank God. Thank you, phantom barking. Uh, we, we, we got there. We got uh, there. Jen, oh, she's gone now. I was going to, I keep waiting to see if she's going to pop up on your camera, Don. Yeah. There we go. What's oh, your, yeah. oh, shit. That's our sound. Word. It got thirsty. Has open. Hmm. Uh, where Jen. like where are you in a, like a blade movie like what is what is the nature of your relationship to a movie like this because i mentioned the answer is like not a ton but you also constantly surprise me so like i i'm kind of care i'm very curious hmm. who's, who's being asked this you you me yeah <laughs> me? <laughs> me? <laughs> uh i mean these came out predominantly like end of high school early college and at that point, I wasn't really as invested because I saw them more as superhero movies and not as much as like horror. So I wasn't really focused as much. Um, but now getting to watch them, it's like a fun time capsule of right. my youth. And I'm really, I was really enjoying them. 
but I definitely don't have the connection that you or say Amy does because I know Amy like has I think maybe a couple blade shirts <laughs> so um yeah so it's not it's not as uh ingrained in my memory as, as it is with yours I like that because like it, it's fun to have someone like next to me who has is totally objective about them because like I have almost no objectivity on them <laughs> like I have such a bias like from a decade plus of like thinking about it so I think it's like interesting to see like what works or what doesn't or what seems like silly or what seems cool like as versus just watching it as an adult woman who's just like I don't need this to be anything <laughs> We just need this to be entertaining yeah. for my husband to watch the baby when yes. she cries so I can get to more of this crazy ass fight. At which point it becomes the sweet, sweetest movie for a minute because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I like the part where I got reprieve. Yes. <laughs> a, lot, a, a, lot, a lot of people don't know too, Jen was bit by a vampire right before yeah. she was brought in to uh, give birth, but yeah. she made it. Um, they're both daywalkers and they're doing great. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Because we got the damn serum. Yeah, we've the got the serum. damn serum. Serum solves a damn serum. That's what it's called. That it's titled "Damn Serum." <laughs> what I what I like about this movie, though, and I like both of them actually, is the kind of like we we've lived in a world where comic book movies have become kind of the be all end all, and this kind of like almost like quaint, just like yeah, let's just make an entertaining R rated movie quality. The, yeah, and that's them. what is this is this is more movie than superhero retrospective mm -hmm. yeah somebody's like, having sex in that movie because like, someone is pregnant so and, like, well, donald lowe gets a double blowy in the opening scene it's true that's yes true. like yeah. and that's just like and and that to me is very much the movie consciously going like this is not a kid's superhero movie like this is an action r-rated movie that is coming from a property and so it's in many ways, the darkest thing we can acknowledge is that this movie walked so that Deadpool could destroy society. <laughs> but it's also important to acknowledge that, yes, the spider metaverse, all of that can exist, but also this can exist too. Movies can be more than one genre. No, Jen, we only have one God. <laughs> and their name is Kevin Feige and they yeah. wear your baseball hat. <laughs> <laughs> Audible. And he just wants what's best for all of us. <laughs> and that's Ant-Man 3 uh, Quantumania. Yeah. I, I, I can't hear one more like millionaire Marvel director complain that Grandpa Scorsese didn't like their fucking movie. I just can't. It's, <laughs> yeah. Surprise. I love Scorsese and it's like maybe respect him. Or it's also <laughs> just, yeah, it's that thing of just again, it's it's a uh, it's it's medieval Christianity where it's like, do we just got to go around and kill everybody until this is the only thing? <laughs> so we got to burn all these libraries and really set humanity back a couple hundred years because we've got ourselves a plan. We are political as fuck on your nice Academy Awards podcast today. <laughs> no one expects the Marvel Inquisition. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, burning the cinema Pasadena Cinematheque like the Library of Alexandria. Just <laughs> no, that was where the last copy of that one movie that was had a bootleg musical. 
<laughs> and when all Marvel characters received films, he wept for he knew there were no more films to conquer. <laughs> they, the, the last film print of Drive My Car is yeah. in the gallows right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the end of A Hard Day's Night and saw they'd inserted a post-credit sequence that said Paul is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Only if you backwards. Sam Jackson visits the Beatles. I've and then we went for to you. Screen Rant to read an article explaining about what Paula's dead means. <laughs> Ranking the Beatles. This time we're going to get it right. Yeah. Um, so with all that said, Blade <laughs> 2, yes. uh, I think is a, a, an interesting movie. I have a growing more and more by the day complicated relationship with Guillermo del Toro as a director. Uh, I am starting to think he is a director where I just really like three of his movies. And then I'm sort of like, uh, they are Hellboy 1, Hellboy 2, Devil's Backbone. Mm. Like, those wow. are the three that I will go to bat for. Like, Devil Hellboy 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. And then I adore Hellboy and Devil's Backbone. I think Pan's Labyrinth <laughs> is fine. To me, it's sort of like a showier, like, version of Devil's Backbone. Yeah. And I think, like, Devil's... At the end of the day, it's like, I think... Pan's Labyrinth is prettier, but Devil's Backbone is scarier, and I, I will take the scare kind of element. Um, I hate Pacific Rim so much. I forget it exists. Uh, I Crimson Peak, I did not like at all early on. I've kind of come to sort of think that it's it's a, a fine movie that is kind of stupid, but is not like hurting anyone. Uh, and the first half is great. And so I kind of respect it on the fact that like, it's crazy to me that like a haunted house movie or a gothic romance movie becomes less interesting when they get to the gothic haunted house. <laughs> Cause I think like the first third of that movie is great. And then it just immediately loses me. And I'm like, we should be, I'm in a house made of butterflies. Why am I wanting to leave and go back to like <laughs> jolly old London town? Uh, and then uh, like water. Shape of Water and then like Nightmare Alley. Like I kind of keep looking at going like, is this movie real? Like Nightmare. So have you seen Nightmare Alley? No, not yet. Like okay. it feels not like homework because oh. it looks like it's going to be a boring, pretty two and a half hour thing about the circus. Yeah, so, it's it's my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie. If that okay. helps, yeah, anything. it does not. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> you, you know the vibes of the kind of movies Don and I watch. So you know I don't, it's going to be yeah. a slow build up. I don't know if I need like the Terrence Malick Guillermo del Toro movie. Like it, I don't know if it's Terrence Malick exactly. I mean, there's not like a bunch of religion under religious undertones. Okay, to it. it's it just it's looks, it's hard noir. Yeah. Like and that's I think part of it's like just noir. like I don't care about noir. Like it's a oh. genre that's just mm. I like uh Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Hard Goodbye or The Long Goodbye, and that's maybe the end of the list. Um I will say like David Strathern is great as a drunk magician in it. If you want to see David Strathern as a, a sad drunk magician, this is the right. movie for you. Well, well done, sir. You know me. <laughs> you saw inside my soul. <laughs> I'm back. It's on Hulu later tonight. Let's party. Uh, maybe I will watch it later tonight. I mean, um, but it's haunting, like blowout is haunting. Okay, I'm listening. That kind of it's very, very grim, and it's yeah. incredibly grim. Okay, I would it's love to love to... it. It's yeah. just it's been so long since I've like loved love something he's done. But again, he's like made one of my favorite movies of all time and two other movies that I'm like obsessed with. Um, all that to get. Oh, I also watched The Strain, which I really liked. 
which has to do with this because it's kind of the same vampire design because he's been yes, milking the same vampire design. It's uh, so I don't I have complicated feelings. I think Blade Two is a lot of fun. I in no way, shape, or form think that it is better than the first one. It is goofy, and I think a lot of people who like goofy things are like this one's the more fun one because I'm not invested in Blade. I just like this director, and it's I mean, yeah, but he's sort of like. I feel like he's doing what he successfully does in the Hellboy movies. I think he does a little clunkier here. But that said, I think this is a lot of fun. I think this movie, Ron Perlman, is really kind of the the standout, you know, thing that that I think makes it a lot of fun. Uh, the monster designs are cool. You love to see the super team. I think it has a little bit of a handicap of we are well into 2000s movie aesthetic. And it this movie is just got like underworld goo all over it <laughs> and like i don't think that does it any favors like blades like red lined thing now and is sort of like pimped out and then you also have uh what's his face being mr like one-liner guy where he's like what is norman. your function in this film like, norman reedus yeah You're talking about norman reedus early AKA, norman reedus aka the the rat bag of blade two that's yes. another another undisputed reference, another reference for the fans. Undisputed. we're gonna keep undisputed alive even though we did not give it a good review um, <laughs> it's i don't think it's a good i don't think it's a it was the movie we saw a second of course i don't think it's a good um I don't even know the word like it, it makes me uncomfortable that I cannot tell you that I remember who the villain is in mm-hmm. blade two. Mm-hmm. There was so many fight scenes that I don't know who f- we were fighting. Well, they're anonymous monsters. Like, and the that's kind of the first problem. hour is like a fever dream of fight. Oh, scenes, that's right. Though, it's because it's like, it doesn't slow down for the first hour. It's just kind of like he's in it. And that's, that's exciting. I mean, I think I, I tend to think that cause this is his del toro's first hollywood movie second since mimic Mimic. it was it followed because he did devil's backbone between and then mimic yeah and then this yeah between these ones but this is very clear i think it's him (sighs) trying to tell hollywood i can work within your system yeah and it's a I demo can, type comp- of a movie. Yeah, I can accomplish <laughs> it, and then give me Hellboy my next movie. <laughs> and it and it it works. Like what he, it's like I feel like what what is interesting about this movie is I am a little cynical about it, but I'm not undercutting it. I am mm-hmm. cynical about what its intent was, but also like it clearly worked, and like I think that what he did he did really well so but it's just like i don't have the romance of going like he made this thing super earnestly it's uh, like and it wasn't at all him going like fuck that first movie i gotta fucking jump over all of hollywood right now mm-hmm. which i think is interesting it, it does seem to be a habit like he does seem to be a guy who is not a collaborator like everybody he's ever collaborated with on things on the other property always is sort of like yeah he kind of just told me to fuck off and that he doesn't care about my part <laughs> of it i will say that like it kind of bums me out that in Blade 2, I think, like, the most interesting stuff for me is, like, uh, the Blood Pack. Like, those guys, I want to hang out with those dudes more. Like, it's such a bummer that Donnie Yen is in this movie, and he gets, like, nothing to do. He gets maybe, like, one cool fight. And then, like, the weird relationship between, like, the Nosferatu vampire 
and uh, I guess like was it Thomas Kretschmann or whatever, like kind of <laughs> like the the head, like the head evil vampire, and then like apparently like his son Nomak or whatever, like the one the one moment in this movie no. that I felt any emotion at all, which is insane. I can't believe I'm saying this is the one moment where like Nomak is like father. <laughs> Jen thought Jen thought Nisa's name was Lisa the entire That's time we watched the movie. Like, and we we're like, so we got Lisa. so we got Damascus, we got Nomac, and we got Lisa. Yes. Hell yeah! yeah. Oh, and and who can forget Matt Scholes as Chupa? Nomac, we're missing Kingo. Like Nomac is uh, the one that keeps jumping out, and I baby. think. I think it only jumps out because of Melmac. Our like Alf's planet is very similar to it. <laughs> uh, they should have thrown Alf in there, don't they? Dude, if Alf was in the blood pack, that would this be is so bad. Five star movie. Yeah, this is an absolutely five star movie. Um, it's never so explained. Just what's Alf weird is though is like all there's he he uses. I I'm curious how he feels about this movie because i feel like he likes it but also doesn't seem to respect it because he has stripped mine like everything from this movie into other projects he has done like the vampires go into the strain the like like the hero group stuff plays into other things he does as it goes along like it's it's kind of wild that it's like uh a intellectual properties sequel where somebody was like i'm gonna set up camp here kind of get the next 10 years of my career all set up in this movie and then just sort of like fly off and i believe it does not uh it does not financially succeed does it it did it was a big success yeah okay i was gonna ask um i haven't seen it um would you compare it to um when alfonso coron did a harry potter movie uh yes and no I, I do not have enough emotional attachment to Harry Potter, I think, to be offended the way I have many people in my life who are, because I think that's the best Harry Potter movie made. Uh, it's visually beautiful and like a, a solid movie, but I know a lot of people are like, fuck that. It fucks up that book royally. Um, but I would definitely, I think they're very, that's actually kind of a perfect equivalent. Like that's that, you know, mm. an art tour sort of shows up in, and it's funny because like you look at Marvel movies now and they don't like art tours because they they want consistency is more important than kind of the vision of it yeah which i think there's something to be said for both i think it's weird because marvel acts like that's a thing they invented but like underworld and resident evil have been doing that for almost 20 years like as far as having this like consistent aesthetic consistent contained thing in both cases they are like dumb and crazy but like <laughs> committed to their stuff and the same way like a you know united continuity is not something like that marvel invented the saw movies have I was so just much thinking about saw continuity. when you were talking about Did even you, the aesthetics have too. you seen the, the the new one yeah like they're still pulling shit like like around i'm just and i'll like, be I, honest i enjoyed it i do too the new one it's it's i liked <laughs> didn't love I, I I wish maybe we'd had a dialogue pass on it and then it'd be pretty solid. But there's a couple of times where characters are just saying what is happening in a scene to each other. Yeah, Sam Jackson in a Saw movie, though, is still like... Oh, beautiful. Absolutely like, mind-blowing. I, I mean, if, if they want to just let Chris Rock fucking run Saw for a while, I think there are a lot worse decisions the Saw franchise could make. Yeah. Um, but so it is, like, I think that... the And, and all those things have kind of defined looks i always like they go to like taika watiti who like i'm sort of like all right like you've got one guy like they're like we have one friend who is occasionally an auteur 
Yeah. They, 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 they got him so upset when those photos of him came out making out with two of his female co-stars. Yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> didn't help. I wish they were both the dressed world. as Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on the subject of Hitler, really quickly, did you guys Jesus see that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just really quickly. Look, I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish. Where are we going? <laughs> uh, no, but did you guys see the? Oh God, someone on Twitter uh, shared the the end mid credit scene of the Kingsman. Have any of you seen the mid credits? Can I spoil the mid credits yeah, scene? Go where ahead. fucking Hitler comes out of the shadows like Nick Fury. They do a fucking Nick Marvel esque like, Look. oh, here's the new bad oh, guy or the new good the guy. New bit, like Thanos coming out of the shadows, but instead, look who's here. It's Hitler. Yeah, it's le- legitimately it's, that. Like look. it's. The Kingsman movies. He would be so dead. He's are, so old. What a like. We we have to acknowledge those <laughs> movies are just kind of like the are the modern version of Charles Bronson movies. No. Where like they're kind of these like violent no. things where like they clearly are saying something, but what they're saying is like kind of vague and menacing. And kind of like, like lost in a in a four-inch puddle of bad. They're taste. not gritty. Yeah. They're not gritty. They're not casting well, their wives. There's nobody like <laughs> Snow Chill Ireland. It's, yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's the modern version of it's where it's like we got like turns out you can just buy HD cameras and shoot British character actors who are having a midlife crisis. And, yeah. and all of them are really like, oh, I've I've played a butler in 17 movies in a row. The quiet conversation because I have only watched one of the Kingsmen and, Me too. <laughs> and I have watched what's... all of the. So this you know is like the, the King's man, like king apostrophe and apparently this is like a prequel set in world war one or something so it makes yeah. a little it's a young okay, it's like, so it's you a young didn't Hitler. say that yeah. you just made it sound like no it was <laughs> just walking out i'm i'm gonna say i also forgot it's a period piece but did not for a second balk at the fact that they would have that if the kingsman two movies from now uh, is just doing kind of a soft reboot of Marathon Man, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Like, if we have an is it safe, and then Colin who Firth just Lawrence punching Olivier? people in the face. Like Jim Ross. Uh, oh, my God. That's Mussolini's Olivier. music. Uh, <laughs> hot take. Lawrence Olivier is played by Adrian Brody. I think he'd play Ooh. a fun, interesting, scary doctor. The, the pianist? Yes. <laughs> he's oh. a Nazi? Didn't you see predators yeah <laughs> it's a or, very uh or uh king kong ambitious performance his performance in which predators. king kong there's so yeah. many predators the is peter jackson one yeah that's like a what a movie like what a what a weird because it's like mahershala ali adrian brody everybody Topher in Grace. it's a great actor yeah, yeah walton like, goggins is in walton the mix, Gog- everybody in that movie is a phenomenal mm-hmm. actor and robert rodriguez is directing them and most people don't know that movie exists yeah I have to just remember, like, with uh, there's a predator dog. The 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 image has come out. Adrian Brody gained like sixty pounds of muscle. Yeah, the role. And you're He's like, so whoa, where did that come from? I remember when you were in Summer of Sam? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like you've played nerds, emaciated nerds, your entire career, and now you're like a tough guy. Brody would be kind of a fun one to do for your show. Like, there, yeah. that's a fun run of movies to watch. Yeah, and the um, winner would be his. Uh, 
Saturday Night Live, Sean Paul. Yes. Thing. Uh, that, yeah, that wins yeah, for best yeah. performance, uh, clearly. I have <laughs> one directed other, by Lauren Michaels. <laughs> I was telling you the 2003 memory I have of Blade 2. Let me throw this out at you because anybody else did this. Blade 2 was one of the two movies that I downloaded on Kazaa. Oh, wow. I downloaded Blade <laughs> 2 and Chasing Amy. And oh, I would wow. just let the audio to those movies play in the background while I played you know, ROMs and message people on my Resident Evil message board. I was very cool as a freshman <laughs> working on stuff for fanfiction.net in between posts, <laughs> just memorizing the College first half. This is a high school freshman. freshman. Thank Christ. Oh, I feel like chasing Amy would have definitely been a movie that has messed up a lot of men. Like, don't yeah. worry, just wait. She'll change her sexuality. It's, uh, it's a it's a real American beauty. <laughs> like, yeah, also like a very troublesome like. <laughs> yes, there's. What do you there. think about it more now? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh yeah it's the one of the the handful of like profound ones where you're just like okay turns out turns out the world changes. Yeah, I was watching it in, in college going. I don't understand. All of her girlfriends are so hot. Hey, why do you like, why does everyone want Ben Affleck? I never understood that. Why do you all want Ben Affleck? They can fix him. They can help him. (laughs) Is that what's happening with like Pete Davidson? (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing. They're all like, he's, he needs help. Oh, like, actually, I yes. Just, I want him to get away from Kim Kardashian. So Taylor has told me that that is sad. the thing, is the new archetype of the incredibly grody, but like kind of dirty puppy dog thing is, is <laughs> that is the new Davy Jones. Like you want a bleached <laughs> blonde, doesn't, Jones? yeah, like a teen heartthrob. Oh, okay. Like Post Malone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a, a dirty face. tattoo bleach boy just stinky in doc martens is a real like i'm a hose him off it's the first the first first time i saw a photo of malone was the first time i realized i was old yeah i was like wow i guess i am old now (laughs) if that's what's happening couldn't tell you a single song i don't know what he sounds like oh i don't even know what kind of music i can tell you he bought a magic dybbuk box and it cursed him for a while and he had to get zach bagans to take it away and from him and help him out that's, that's a story. Is a real it is. That sounds is like a... something Nicolas Cage would get into. Uh huh. It's a hilarious. <laughs> hey, and this hold is my... up. Hold up. Stop everything. <laughs> Can we devote thirty seconds? I need to know the story. So the reason I know about it is that in Las Vegas they have the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum, and because okay. that kind of guy I am, that was my priorities in Vegas when I had hours Who's before a gig. Uh, Zach Baggins is the host of Ghost Adventures. Okay, thank you. Uh, mm. I have a bit in my act, but I'll burn the best joke in it because I don't do it as much anymore. But it's Ghost Adventures is a show that asks the immortal question, what if five guys in the Fliction shirts thought they were in Scooby-Doo? <laughs> I love that. And so that's that Baggins has all his stuff in this place you can go see for $40 in Vegas. And one of the rooms is especially for this Divic box. And what, as you're for, reading for about listeners it, who don't know what a Dybbuk box is, uh, it is an evil box from Jewish folklore, like a demonic right. box from Jewish folklore. Uh, there is a modest Yahoo led horror film about a Dybbuk box. Uh, go look that up. He's I in a tracksuit. It's real spooky. Yes. Uh, so then, uh, but yeah, I guess Post Malone bought this Dybbuk box. I don't know why he bought an evil Jewish curse demon box, but like, he did. <laughs> 
Um, he also has ice cream on his face. So like, again, he just seems like sort of a fun guy. And <laughs> yeah, he's, guess, a, he's, like, a, he's a charming kid. He got in a car accident and a bunch of fucked up stuff happened. And he was like, I think I'm cursed and called his boy Zach Baggins, who like took it off his hands and helped lift the curse. But yeah, so Post Malone was cursed by demons for a while. I would like to see this as the conjuring part four. I fucking if they I, made I, it have, a, I no. so agree. Like how yeah. amazing would that be? Like if this led yeah. to a uh, post Malone I mean, and we're here to Ed, help you Ed, Malone. And yeah, like Ed gets a tattoo on his face at the end of it, he's on board. <laughs> and just, just yeah, it's just them like hanging with an entourage just as the 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 awkward Christian couple that they are in those. <laughs> yeah, these nerdy Christian couple. <laughs> I just want to. I just if this leads yo, to a, yo, that's a sick sweater, Ed. <laughs> this leads to a, a, a collaboration between Modest Yahoo and Post Malone. Sign me up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I, you know what? We, we've, we've been weaving so much between the two movies. I did not do the Blade Two statistics Ooh. for us here. Uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro, written by David S. Goyer, starring uh, Wesley Snipes, Chris Christopherson, Ron Perlman, Lenore Varela. Uh, Norman Reedus, Luke Goss. Uh, the film uh, was budgeted at fifty-four million, made one hundred and fifty-five million at the box office. So, one of the biggest uh, financial successes of Wesley Snipes' career. Oh, nice! Uh, get this. Also, fifty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> uh, the site's consensus read, though Blade 2 offers more of what worked in the original, its plot and character development appear to have been left on the cut. I'm going to call multiple kinds of racism, both African-American and vampire-American. <laughs> I think those are critics with double biases going on. Um, if they went ever, to those schools that didn't allow vampires in, I do have to shout this out because I would feel remiss in a blade based thing to not shout this out. Uh, if you can listener go to YouTube and search comedian Ed Greer blade bit. Uh, my, my dear friend and brilliant comedian Ed Greer has a bit about the film blade. That is one of my favorite stand-up bit things in the world. Like it is a real uh... celebration of blade. <laughs> We can post that on our yeah. on our Twitter page. So yeah, so if, if that is out there, uh, it is it is truly the the first time I heard it, I was literally crying laughing because it is just such a beautiful breakdown of Blade One. <laughs> I want to understand with Blade One if there's like this ancient society of vampires. How the hell? I think they're in New York. How the hell is there this giant like? temple of vampires from like eons ago underneath new york it's in, i thought it was las vegas or La, not los angeles it's it's I think so it's, confusing i think it's la either way it's no it's like, so how dumb exist <laughs> it's, they the are in the city like the tick yeah uh, uh, also like i guess like in this world too like vampires so vampires can give birth to vampires i was confused by the because you have like the people that were turned and then it's, people that were born so it's from, like yeah. a blood pathogen so since she was bit during oh. her pregnancy he is a hybrid because he was taking in the vampire nutrients along with the human nutrients he was taking from his mom okay okay uh, that's I, that's fair i get so that that is I, twilight rule but may the, i pure blood is not twilight exactly yes exactly and then a vampire or a werewolf goes like you cute baby um <laughs> uh so oh 
this is the thing, and I'm curious to get your folks' thoughts on this. So Mahershali, great, great actor. What a treasure. Um, I don't know. Like, I know that that Marvel is playing this like we're doing a spooky Doctor Strange movie, but like, I don't know what Blade is like in in the way that this Marvel universe operates on. I just imagine right. it's going to be like very like candles and gothic spookiness or something. It's going to be he turns to Whistler goes, wait, we got serums now? Yeah. And Whistler goes, yeah, I'm thinking we got serums now. Yes. Uh, and, and they're going to quip. They're going to quip. And yeah. it's going to, and, and, and I think it, it's weird to me because it'll be fine. Like it'll, yeah. it'll, it's not like the version of Blade that's in the comics or is anything like what was in there. Although I will say this is kind of similar to the Spider-Man cartoons version of Blade uh, from that period. Although the, the Whistler as Chris Christopherson is way cooler than the fucking dad bod dork that it is <laughs> in, uh, in the Spider-Man cartoon. But uh, it, it's definitely like, because like blade is one of my like images of like cool action guy. Like I think like for the generation where it's like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and that kind of thing, I feel like my versions of action guys are all like live people who are good at Kung Fu. Cause like Keanu Reeves, uh, you know, Wesley Snipes, Ernie Reyes Jr. Like that kind of type of, of, you know, ninja thing is my mm -hmm. version of like what a cool action guy is. And Patrick, you're about the same age. I think as Kyle, does that ring true for you too? Man, you know, uh, I think I just did not really, um, I just did not watch. Yeah, because there's definitely like, I, you know. I did I, not I never... realize what a Kung Fu fan I am until like my adulthood, because I just assumed everyone else was also on board with this stuff. Like did not realize that like this is a thing that like I like more than I realized. I think I was more of like the, as a, as a kid, like the southern fry like the michael bay like con air jerry Bruckheimer. con i think that was the more of the action i veered to in in my youth than the lithe uh blade-esque like you know like oh, the i'm a kicking I, people in the face there's nothing better uh it, and it is you're a hundred percent right it's somebody yeah i was definitely like uh i want to see a, a, a roughneck blow up an, an asteroid that was like my like uh that was <laughs> my now, kick in the face look, <laughs> I, look no one here is Criterion gonna try to argue armageddon, armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that we've all lived long enough to see armageddon truly come into its its proper place that criterion was ahead of fucking all of us going like no you guys don't understand this movie is an american classic you guys just haven't had enough They're, weird shit yeah. happen People first their explanation like way too much their explanation <laughs> was perfect for the inclusion of armageddon they were like we want every kind of one of every kind of movie and this is the epitome of the this era's blockbuster because they didn't we'll know fall would eventually show up we're making I a know. cultural noah's ark and you know what it's true you know Love like it. mosquitoes are just as important as elephants that's like, we why need i like the criterion at the end of the day is that they do allow lots of trash inside like people just see you know ali fear eats the soul which is on there but also so is like i don't know like urban cowboy <laughs> in the rock yeah. but also it does give cachet to those the urban cowboys of the world for people to go back and say wait a second was this really good and then you watch and you're like oh that yeah. was really good and and especially like stuff that didn't do well like light sleeper pops on there so often it's always like oh, gotta man. Just keep reminding people that this is a movie that exists the willem we, defoe the the secrets crevices we, of willem defoe's career are all just rich veins of glory we, we could do a 32 seed willem defoe bracket Fuck, that'd absolutely be brutal like uh man tomaso 
It's oh, all Tommaso. Our boy Treats Tommaso. Of fire, baby. <laughs> Leather overalls for a sledgehammer fight. Get oh out of here. Also, Treat. if Antichrist doesn't win, then we've all failed. The, well, I mean, in the world's greatest counterfeiter in To Live and Die in L.A. Oh, uh, man. But uh, do you guys, okay, so which I think, like, just to bring it back to Blade and Blade 2, um, yeah. I feel like, uh, bring it back, uh, I feel like his, do you think his, like, I feel like Wesley Snipes' actual role in the film decreased in Blade 2. I feel like yeah. there was, like, a good portion of the movie where I felt like he was just God. Like, there were so many... I think just like by introducing like seven new characters via the blood pack. And then also like there's now Abraham, Abraham Whistler's back, but then there's also a new Whistler who's kind of like Eminem as it's another yeah. situation <laughs> where like, yeah, like Norman Reedus, his, his kid must have been listening Pimp to Eminem. Yeah. It's the Batman and Robin effect. It's like, there's too many cooks in this. So kitchen. <laughs> have any of the three of you seen blade Trinity? I have no. not seen it. Okay. If you think that Blade 2 is a little unhinged, Blade Trinity is worth a watch. It is a bad movie, but it is also like a movie that is just on meth, but but also is like an iPod commercial, but also like has the Blade Juniors. Also, Ryan Reynolds is auditioning for Deadpool in that movie, but he's also the hottest person alive there's a whole bunch of shit about archery in it because whistler's daughter is played by jessica beale oh uh, of course triple h is one of the villains there <laughs> is a vampire pomeranian that has the gel toro Shut mouth no. Uh, no. it is it is an absolutely preposterous film he fights dracula and at one point dracula goes uh blade calls him a motherfucker and he's like i like that motherfucker you color me intrigued i'm interested it is it is just no like it is a bad film but it is thoroughly worth a watch because you're just like who was oh also wesley snipes does not have a script he is just making up dialogue in every scene and they have gone on the record saying that is how it works yeah is he literally would just walk on set everybody else would rehearse and they just sort of follow what blade's doing and it's (laughs) Clearer in some, but sometimes he is literally just looking at stuff on set and commenting on it as he tries to figure out where to go. It's <laughs> so he's like basically doing I Love Lamp. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, uh, Ryan Reynolds' character has a, when you first see him, has a, a sticker on his bulletproof vest that says, Hello, my name is Fuck You. Because oh, uh, he's a real scam. Yeah. Uh, look, Sounds about it was, right. It was the devil make hair attitude we needed to cope with 9 11. Um, and so. <laughs> Uh, Blade walks in and yells at the kids for being damn kids at one point. And he's like, what? Look at that. It says, fuck you. Was that funny? That ain't funny. Like, and you're just like, that is some ad-libbing. That is some ad-libbing and improv where it, within him creating a subject, he is no budding himself. It reminds me of this story. Like, Wesley Snipes is so funny in, like, White Men Can't Jump and Major League. And his like, he's Dolomite. so charismatic. Yeah, Dolomite. He's so charismatic, but that does not mean he's a good improviser. Mm-mm. by any means and there's that story about tango and cash that i always think about like there's a scene where kurt russell has to walk down this hall in the prison cell and people are yelling at him and he's like talking back to them and the writer came up to him and goes oh just wing it you can do your own thing and kurt russell goes no you're a fucking writer i am an actor you write it for me i don't make this shit up and it was like god bless you kurt <laughs> yeah that's you know that is the attitude don't think you can just like just because he was fun 
as Jack Burton does not mean yeah. he was actually just like ripping well, those lines. That used to be a thing that would make me fucking crazy when you would hear, especially in the early days of like podcasting, when you would hear an actor get interviewed and you'd hear about like the best scene in the movie or a great line and interviewers always go like, and did you just make that up on the spot? Like, was that you or was that in the script? And it's like, as a writer, I'm just always mad that like all anyone wants to do is like make sure that like nobody gave a fuck about a script. No dialogue was ever written by a writer. It's like, no, the yeah. actors just sort of make stuff up and the, the director just sort of films what they're doing. Right. Like, it yeah, it's all it's all just Judd Apatow movies. Right. Like, it's all just like that level of improvising. Right. Well, and even within that, he like shoots other parts of the movie like he has his little weird pockets like altman did like mm -hmm. it's this weird yeah. thing where like people even fail to understand like when the improvising is happening it's a still a structured thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally. it's like how people think link letter is just all off the cuff and it's like no that's just heavily rehearsed and yeah very... yeah those those ones you can tell are not written. off the cuff because they cannot possibly have this conversation uh, <laughs> like the, i always just think of the, the the most indulgent and again from a movie that every time i watch it it gets further and further up on my favorites list but everybody wants them when they're sitting and the girl and the guy are in the like floating in the lake yeah. And they just have this existential con like conversation about the idea of the future. And I'm just like, look, oh. you're my favorite director, but even I'm sort of like, we got to slow down a little bit here. I fist pumped when that started because I was like- Don't get me wrong, I was it, also incredibly we, aroused. So it was we, a real mixture waited, of emotions. We waited an hour and 20 minutes for someone to expose about the universe and all of our Fuck. possibilities and, within and it in a Linklater movie. And when yeah. it came, and it then was, he was like, like I'm here it is. in bathing suits. And yeah. you're just like, good call. I wouldn't have even thought of that. And he's like, that's why I'm the master. And it's like, good call, buddy. Yeah, played by like the two most attractive people on and earth truly yeah. the jawline on that boy should be illegal uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so this is it's getting back to snipes here as we kind of head toward the end mm -hmm. of the ep um it, it he's so funny and he's so yeah. charismatic in these earlier movies and you can feel him like it, even in these like kind of doing battle because i think his natural instinct is to be a goofball mm-hmm like in like we saw in Dolomite, they got the laughs new, in, in the new Coming to America. He does some weird stuff, like when he smiles when he catches the thing. It's yeah, like, that's weird. Why did he do that? But it's great. Yeah, that's it's, like yeah. Anytime uh, Blade in when Wesley Snipes as Blade in the first movie like doesn't have his typical like stone face on. I'm like super like there's like this one moment where he's like shocked at like Deacon Frost running around like the Flash like in the climactic fight and like uh, Wesley Snipes just has like a what the hell look on his face and like I I was hooting and hollering like I I wanted more of that. Yeah, I mean I think that um, there these movies because they are so wild like a surreal humor. Yeah, could have even made its presence known even further yeah i love the when whistler gives him the light and he's like it's heavy and he's like but you're so big like like <laughs> you get these like weird little things also like uh, worth noting when he kills steven dorf the fact that he chooses to kick the final serum at him instead of throwing it or stabbing it he throws it <laughs> in the air and then does a backwards roundhouse kick of the final serum into deacon frost's face i dare james bond to do that uh that explodes <laughs> like a starcraft cutscene. like Again, just i love those love it so love much. that graphic those graphics Mwah. 
it's it's the kind of children of the big trouble in little china explosion and yes. the the total recall yeah. head expand like oh, an yeah. effect i'm never not stoked to a, see. a little there bit was a always... there was a near salad explosion that's what don always says he's like it's gonna be a salad explosion because <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why the guy in big trouble and little china blows up he's so upset that lopan is dead that he doesn't want to live in the world anymore. well i know that but he becomes sat like literally like lettuce flies oh yes well he's full <laughs> he had a salad for lunch <laughs> okay yeah. thunder wasn't planning to die that day and he was always going to the wedding so he doesn't want to get he, all full he's, before he's the a meal. fit he's a fit guy he doesn't yeah. do a lot of carbs yeah but he's definitely going to hit those scalloped potatoes on the line at the wedding you know buffet. oh for sure yeah. well yeah i mean if you imagine though cheat day Actually, I have a feeling the the spread at Lopan's wedding to the girl with green eyes was probably pretty good. I imagine if, it would probably be solid. Yeah. I mean, like he's got Chinese ghost money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Imagine. Imagine the dim sun. Imagine. Yeah. the dim sun. <laughs> Incredible. Imagine the dim sun. That's how I live my life every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bows. All right. If I do. So as we head into our rankings here. Uh, this this season, Kyle, we are giving out Harrelsons, as in Woody Harrelsons, for the best supporting player of the okay. week. Um, a lot of good options this week. I'm gonna, for me, it's down to two. I'm gonna it's, let. It's, do you want to go first, or do you want to need a second to think on it? Somebody go. I need to. Right. I gotta look in my heart for a minute. I'm ready. All right, go for it, Patrick. I'm gonna give it to uh, you know what uh, I'm gonna give it to. Uh, there's so many great options, like you know, we're, and they're probably gonna be mentioned here and there. I'll give mine to Nabouche Wright. Hey, solid call. It's a good, you know what? She's like, great in Blade. She's great. It's a bummer she's not in Blade Two. They Where never addressed that. Uh, yeah, it's like come on, should have been in Blade Two. And then uh, and just a fun. She just a really makes that character way more interesting than it has any right to be. Yeah. So like, yeah, Karen Jensen. Nabushe Wright is Dr. Karen Jensen. Great stuff. Giving it to Nabushe. How about you, Jen? I always go Udo. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Udo's solid, so funny. Solid, Elevates solid. every film. It's a good he's life in, advice. He's the perfect villain. And I don't even know if I would consider him a villain in this one. He just. Yeah. I like. I see. I like. That's why I like Blade a little. I liked how the vampires and the, like the lead vampires in this one were like weird businessmen and not yeah. like Nosferatu's. Like, don't get me wrong. I love. I love me a Nosferatu, but like. Uh, Do you just, honestly think Guillermo del Toro would not have done a Nosferatu? Yeah. In the strain. Everything you're describing is in the strain. It's funny. Every <laughs> note you have about Blade and Blade Two is in the strain. Not even an accent. I don't know what the fuck that was. I'm so sorry. To I think that was just a gravel, like a gravelly voice of a man. Um, Kyle, have you made your call? I have. Um, I I so I had it down to two, and my my as much as I would like to give it to Stephen Dorff who does give an incredible performance in this film, legitimately one of my favorite villains in a movie ever. Like he might be my Alan Rickman in Die Hard for a lot of people might be Deacon Frost for me. Wow. Um, I, like I said, I'm really, this, this whole episode was worth it for me to just realize I am on the Kung Fu side of action stuff and I've never been fully aware. Um, (laughs) It's, uh, but I got to give it to Donald Logue. Like, like, and, and I, if, if he did not say the sentence, I'm going to be a naughty vampire god, it would go the other direction. But I, I got to give it to my boy, Donald Logue. 
when uh, we were watching that too i kept turning to dawn and going i want them to remake this and i want kyle to be that part yes <laughs> look am i starting to eye Don Logue getting a little older and seeing that people are really still going to need those roles like if you're an agent and you need a guy to play kind of weirdo, but who's very excited, I am available at all times. Let, deeply deeply let, enthusiastic member of the crew. Yeah. Let Kyle Clark star in the gritty Tao of Steve reboot. <laughs> yes. I, I think it's interesting that I've hit a point where there's like the weird things where I've started looking going, like, I could play that. The, uh... <laughs> it would be on Peacock. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, the the other one that I'm actually making a real internet campaign for. So again, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. As again, a boy who had uh, uh, Resident Evil message boards that I was active on in early high school, uh, I make the joke that it's crazy to me at the end of the credits that high school Kyle has, uh, 15-year-old Kyle has an executive producer credit on that movie. And there is a dumb character from later in the Resident Evil series that's just like a doofy idiot dude who just constantly gets hurt. And I am campaigning. I want to be Ethan Winters in the Resident Evil movies because they're Canadian. I hope they do well in like Southeast Asia or something like that. So they just crank them out like underworld movies. And I just want like a middling part in one of the $30 million Resident Evil movies that barely get released in America. That is my number one goal now. Internet number two man. now is anything Don Logan Jason internet make it happen i'll be quick here we haven't given any blade to love i'm gonna give ron perlman nice my award this week he's, very nice he's very fun he kind of keeps the train rolling oh yeah you know he's, he's kind of the star of that movie until his head yeah. explodes yeah oh he's, does he have like cut in half yeah he oh yes he's yeah. got the thing in the back of his head which always makes me think that's about true yeah. yeah okay let's get to our rankings here let's let's see what what moves on blade one or blade two patrick i'll send it to you first man you know blade two has its moments actually in you know in the beginning of blade two you're kind of like oh maybe they're gonna give wesley snipes a little more to do like you know there's like his relationship with whistler that's kind of strained because whistler has been vampired and you know, now there's this Norman Reedus upstart character. There's a couple, but then, but then, like, he gets kind of lost in the blood pack. You got, like, you know, Donnie Yang and uh, Donnie Yen and uh, Ron Perlman and uh, Nisa. Everyone kind of steals the show from him a little bit. And so, like, uh, I got to give it to OG Blade. He's, it's, it's like, I think, like, it's firmly Wesley Snipes' film. Like that yes. movie. It is like for even though like Steven Dorf like hams it up and is super fun as the as the uh, foil to Blade. Like it is like, you know, it's the same way how Bruce Willis like Die Hard is a Bruce Willis film, even though Alan Workman is incredible exactly. as the villain. Yeah. yeah, it's that same dynamic. So, yeah, going to have to give it to OG Blade. You know, I, got, I, I enjoyed Blade 2, um, but I have to say the emotional climax of Blade 2 is between this family that Blade has nothing to do with. Yeah. And it's really, you know, he gets, I hate, you hate to see it because it's happened in a few Snipes pictures we've watched, Undisputed and the fan. He gets sidelined a bit for a little flashier stuff on occasion. And, you know, he doesn't need that, but he's not sidelined in Blade 1. Man, he's front man. center. He's having fun. I got to go with Blade 1 as well. This is exciting because I thought Blade 2 was a shoe-in. I thought I was coming in on the defensive as being such a blade one booster because the del Toro so often overshadows everything else about mm -hmm. the franchise. 
And I think that what, what Patrick was saying is true. Like the first one is a Wesley Snipes movie. The second one is a, a Guillermo del Toro movie. Oh, mm. that's a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, especially going off of performance. I mean, like uh, Wesley Snipes builds his, the action icon character that he will be known for for the rest of his career in the first play. Like, like he is, he, he, you know, you know, in the same way, like Keanu Reeves does Neo and all of a sudden you're like, this is just a thing that I will always associate. Like, I think that, that that's an interesting thing about it. It's, it's, he has this crazy career that's so varied. And then in the middle of it, he has this mini action franchise where he's just this sort of like badass like african-american lead franchise in the middle of the 2000s that's like r-rated and successful and like that's such a weird little combinations of miracles in like american movies that you're just like oh shit like this is cool that in like one movie he like just seduces everybody into going like it's the bruce willis thing in die hard where you've seen this comedy guy i think i think blade and die hard are very similar in a lot of ways oh, like and i think and i think like a lot of people who are i'll call them nerd conservative would not want that to be compared but i think if you kind of look pound for pound they are very similar in like what they do for careers and and how they are sort of structured as far as action movies go and the influence those movies have on future action movies Donald Logue was up for the part of Carl in Die Hard. <laughs> Man, that'd be so good. <laughs> like, but also, like, I feel like it's one of those ones where I feel like you could take the cast of Die Hard and the cast of Blade and flip them, and both movies are still fucking excellent. Ooh, you'd have like yeah. Stephen Dorff as the uh, Steve, yeah, as Alan Rickman. Yeah. Whereas, like, and Alan Rickman as Deacon Frost is also unhinged. Like Norman Reedus would absolutely play Ellis. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. See, I was thinking Stephen Dorff is Ellis, but Stephen Dorff in the Alan Rickman perform is perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jen, so what do you got? I, I I'm assuming that's three for Blade One. Yes. Yes. Okay. Make it four. Yeah. Okay. There you go. We don't need to text Amy. I mean, if you want for to. a tiebreaker. <laughs> I think in in in, in absentia, we could guess she would go with Blade One. <laughs> but uh, we'll. Uh... And we'll get uh we'll get the trio on one day. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we will figure it out. Uh, we'll so be Blade... legally allowed to be together again, and so it'll be good. <laughs> Blade one, moving on to, this, yeah. to the next round. Ranked with an. Our... It's going to be playing in the next round, and I'm looking at the official Please scorecard. Don't be too long through that'd be Ooh. weird. Uh, if you, it is, it will be pl- Blade Brutal. versus Man, Tu Wong is, Fu. Yeah. That is uh, two different fighting styles in two different two sports di- on two different planets. Yes. I mean, you Get always ready. go with Noxima Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will see. That is going to be uh, a I mean, surreal episode. Noxima Jackson does it, does just everything that Blade does, but uh, in heels and dancing. And like, backwards. What is that? Fred Astaire. Yeah. The Ginger Rogers. Thank you. We can all agree that Deacon Frost could definitely beat up Chris, Officer Chris Penn. Like yes. that, that, yeah. that is a hundred, no contest. Sorry, Chris. Oh, uh, he wouldn't. There would be no question as to whether or not he's dead alongside the road. Know, they, they would. Chris Penn would walk. In, Chris Penn would walk in, and Deacon Frost and Blade would look at each other, and Deacon Frost would go, "I know we've had our differences, but I think we can agree we need to kick the shit out of this guy." <laughs> look, I may suck blood from people, but I'm not a racist, dude. Yeah, I'm not a racist I'm not a racist homophobe. I'm not a, I'm not, a, trans, I'm not, a uh, not. I guess not homophobic. I'm not bigoted. Cop. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a. Yeah, I'm not a. 
I love that I'm out of this game just because I'm trying to figure out how to work John Leguizamo into this because he was brought into the equation. Gigi Rodriguez? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gigi Rodriguez could definitely beat up the pest. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh man, let's just do a John Leguizamo. If we ever, if we ever do John, it's yo. over already. The pest wins. Uh, no, I, yo, clown. The, I don't think from the pest spawn, baby. <laughs> but also, he has several legitimate good roles. Yes, he does. Him in Summer of Sam's. I'm a big Bruno yeah. and Encanto. God, I'm a fucking, another actor who I forget I'm in the tank for, and then I'm yeah. like, oh, I forgot. I'm quietly always. a giant John Leguizamo fan. Always good. But yes, we've got a, this real Blade versus Tu Wong Fu matchup. Dude, on the brutal. horizon yes. quick, quick quick game this week uh they're remaking blade we know it we've mm-hmm. heard about it we talked about it but who's going to play whistler and who is going to play deacon frost in the remake patrick i'll send it over to you first oh man i got i got an insane one for uh for whistler this is like a total revisioning um it's the way that they brought in um god who's the uh who the way they brought him Gary Shandling as like a third tier villain in like the <laughs> Iron, Iron Man, Man movies? Ooh. I want to bring Albert Brooks Ooh. in as Abraham Whistler, just playing where his he's... character from Drive. Yeah, <laughs> that's like his character in that love story movie. Oh, modern romance. He's, yeah. yeah, he's yeah, he's his <laughs> character in modern he's romance. Just, he's his character in modern right. romance. <laughs> At some point, uh, you know, they divorced, and then he became a vampire hunter. <laughs> he, he still tried to kill uh, Mahershala Ali as a twelve-year-old. <laughs> Got over. How yeah. about Deacon Frost? Uh, Deacon Frost. Uh, man, this is a tough. You know what? Uh, we've been talking about him. So uh, apparently, you know, uh, Deacon Frost was supposed to be portrayed by an older actor. But then, like Stephen Dorff, like kind of like sold that character as like a almost like a Brad Easton Ellis pastiche or whatever. But uh, I would like to see. Uh, we've been talking about him. I want John Leguizamo as Deacon Frost. I want a weird, mm-hmm. but I want and I want weird. Uh, give me weird Leguizamo. I want clown spawn like the pest. Like I'm doing a crazy huge. I want a Marvel movie with an insane character. I want to. That's like kind of like it wouldn't be like the fun heartthrob that we've come to know and love, but uh, I don't know. Like put some makeup on him, make him funny. Uh, have Albert Brooks kind of moan in the back in the background somewhere. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Done. All right, I um, mine's pretty straightforward. I think that there's only one choice for Whistler, and it's Meryl Streep. <gasps> I almost went that direction. Yeah, I mean mm. clearly, like oh, that's it, good. Yeah, and then for Deacon Frost, I'm gonna. This is a Marvel movie. And I don't believe you're legally obligated to make a Marvel movie without one of the Chris's involved. Mm. But what about this? Because we're in the multiverse, multi-character realm. What if all four Chris's? played Deacon Frost at varying times? Is this an imaginarium of Dr. (laughs) This is Dr. Pinar's situation on our hands. Uh, uh, Hemsworth. And of course, Evans back in the game in the wow. Marvel world, all playing Deacon Frost. <laughs> yes, that's that, that. Those are my picks, Kyle. Okay, so I, I, the Whistler has been incredibly difficult. So I will start with my Deacon Frost, ladies and gentlemen. May I present our new evil, disgusting vampire villain, Pete Davidson? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. perfect. Just that's really probably who they like, end up take Deacon Frost and just make him the the modern version of Deacon Frost, like like the cool guy. But it's just in this case, he's just like smelly uh. and high and gonna kill us all for the lulls. 
Um, <laughs> just just Taco Bell farts as far as the eye can see. Now, I had originally wanted to thought about going female on my Whistler, and it was going to be Brett Butler, but that was going to be one of those things where I think that's actually just good casting, but it's not very fun to listen to. <laughs> just me going like, oh, this kind of like like fun fun lady who's got some some miles to the aesthetic she's built in would be kind of cool, but it's kind of the same thing as uh, as a Christopherson. So I came to two and I think they're both different. One's just a real wild card and one is a pitch. So I'll give you my pitch and I'm going to pitch you Steven Van Zandt. And instead of playing him as like a country boy, he's like a Jersey dude who knows his way around weapons and fighting and his life got all fucked up by a vampire, but he's like an old mook who mm-hmm. like fights vampires in like violent Italian mob style. I had I to like move it. to Lily Hammer. Like, yeah, like, like, but just, I think like, like a fucking like Italian guy in a tracksuit, just giving fucking blade a shotgun and just going, I put extra garlic in it would be fucking cool as shit. Yeah. You you got a vampire problem. I know a guy. Yeah. And then the other one, I don't know what it'd be. I'd probably work with the actor on it, but would be compelling. Ladies and gentlemen, blade turns to his partner who is Steve Buscemi as Abraham Whistler. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's That's really good. And he's just sort of a friendly guy and then always produces these like nightmarishly violent tools. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's good with serums. How about you, Jen? Um, for Deacon, I have Walter Coggins. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's really good. That's oh, I good. like that a lot. That's, really that's realistic as well. Like a baby Billy-esque. <laughs> yeah. <Cam> Whistler. <laughs> uh, and then Whistler, Ain't I have misbehaving. Pam Greer. Because I feel like that'd be Oh, Pam Greer. Ooh, Ooh, that's cool. That's good. That's super good. Yeah. That's really cool. Wow. Marvel, are you listening? We, we actually we pitched some stupid ones, namely me. <laughs> but um good ideas there i think yeah leg- actual leg- legitimate casting going against all. type it's always hard because it's one of those things where i'm like oh i just want to earnestly do this because i just enjoy doing this in my free time yeah <laughs> but uh wow what a journey quick Truly. episode but uh good episode uh kyle is there anything you want to plug on your way out uh yeah sure uh i am at kyle clark is rad on twitter and instagram i have a podcast called this is rad uh that, that is a lot of fun that i do with uh my friend matt burnside i also have a podcast called everything is scary with jen saunderson and uh and amy drolet and we t- uh, we talk about the horror lifestyle <laughs> and, uh, and so so that's that's a lot of fun it's basically just three gal pals gabbing and having a great time and sometimes movies come up <laughs> uh but uh but yeah so those are two things uh and i'll leave it at that for now i got two podcasts everything is scary and this is rad go give them a listen yay how about you jen anything new from the last few weeks uh (laughs) i'm just at jen saunderson on all of the things i also have a podcast called everything is scary that focuses on the horror lifestyle and um I have a 10 month old that you are holding that requires a lot of attention. So Shout I don't have to say new things. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. <laughs> well, hey, I'm curious. Are you guys technically in the same room? No. No. Okay. Then I, there we go. Good. I was worried that it was going to be one of those things where it's, I love the idea that we finish and you just go around the corner and see your husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh here we but, go um, yeah she's, she's heading down there next week we've got a hot matchup we are doing boiling point versus demolition man oh Damn. man 
So in the law, the return to the law and order bracket. Um, Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Also, Patrick, uh, note to yourself as a producer, when you're editing this episode, make sure to put the law and order sound after that law and order. And then that law and order, and then this one, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Jen. Thank Thanks you, for Amy. Me. Always a pleasure. Oh, what? <laughs> this is, is weird. I'm, I'm hearing the all sorts of noise because we are, we've entered the multiverse. Never be repaired. Yeah, we're in a multi- multiverse, and it turns out it's of madness. Bye bye, folks. Bye, folks. Kamaya, Sadu Yagadam Malin, Kamalin, Kamaya, Kalin, Kalin, Kamaya, Sadu Yagadam.